This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Welcome to the Yellow Wallpot Season Awards. I am your host, Stefan Butzko, and today we will give out our awards for the season and uh, then pick a glorious winner. And for that, we have two categories where we will start with the team awards and then later on the individual awards, which uh, will coincide with me keeping an Excel spreadsheet. So all very exciting. And uh, for all that, joins me Matthias Zuck. Hello, Matthias. How are you doing? Hello, Stefan. I'm doing well. How are you today? I am doing very well. Uh, it's cloudy in Philadelphia, and uh, after the heat wave, that is very nice. So um, I'm keeping a cool head, hopefully, today. Also here, Lars Polman. Hello, Lars. How are you in Bonn? Uh, hi, Stefan. I'm reasonably fine. <laughs> and Konstantin Eckner. Hello, Konstantin. How are you? Thanks, sir. All right. <laughs> 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 all right as as always uh we didn't make our own categories because we are lazy so we asked our listeners to do that and uh as i said we will start with the team awards and the first category is choreo of the season Lars, since uh you already volunteered in the pre-pod uh what's your favorite choreo of the season I'm scratching the last three words and I'm saying my favorite choreo is the next one. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Matthias. Well, I mean, I think the, the most obvious one would be the Dortmund Stadt choreography against uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, for an honorable mention, I will put in the very first of the season, which was honoring the passing of Money Burgsmüller. Yeah, that was a very nice choreo too. Konstantin, do you have anything to add or shall we move on? Oh, uh, moving on. All right. The uh, next category comes from Ed Tragedia 1917. And it's the Mentality Award in uh, parentheses most lame performance. Matthias, what was, in your view, the most lame performance or uh, the Mentality Award? You see, to me, when I first read the headline Mentality Award, I'm like, okay, you know, who more most consistent had a good mentality over the season but then the lame performance i mean does the first half against parabon count uh, absolutely yeah so i'll i'll go with that one i guess Lars? i mean it's it's hard to look past the final match day of the season because that was all about mentality uh, seeing as they had nothing to play for other than you know pride and a, a lot of young players getting a chance, not really taking uh, a hold of it. But I think this is kind of a legacy award and I'll go with the away performance at Bayern because those are always shit. <laughs> yeah, very good shout. Konstantin? Every performance by Nico Schultz this season. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a team award though. So uh, you, you well, need to well, pick something else. Still. All right. But... Fine. All right, uh, I go with. Uh, um, I agree with Lars. 
every performance against Bayern Munich in almost every in the history of mankind. Well, at least Bayern away in recent years. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I also would pick the uh, the Hoffenheim one. That's pretty atrocious. But yeah, I th I think the Bayern one comes pretty close. And uh, yeah, that first half in Paderborn also not covered in glory at all. And uh, the next category comes from at BVB Indie and. He wants us to name our moment of the year in, in parentheses <laughs> uh, to show Sportbild how it's done. Um, Konstantin, what's your moment of the year? Uh, Revier Derby in May because of the result plus the kind of fucked upness of the entire thing. That's that's my my moment of the year. Matthias. Well, um, it, it's all to do with uh, the Paderborn match. Uh, I think uh, one is Ja Schmelle. That's hard to to get over that. And I believe, was it also the Paderborn? Exactly. And wasn't it also the Paderborn match where Jaden Sancho did the George Floyd t-shirt or was that against shock yeah. yes it was against Paolo. okay so yes. that that whole match i think uh, there were a few moments of the season there Lars, yeah i'm going to second matthias's second thought of the black lives matter protest by not only sancho but also hakimi and uh, akanji yeah that was also my pick uh i i think it, it's it was a very nice gesture indeed and uh kind of nice for people to to speak out and especially since the players did it on their own um so yeah i i think i don't have much more to add there so we can move on to the next category which is posted by steve berkowitz and is the best team performance and i'm very curious uh, which performances you picked because uh, i thought there were a couple really good ones uh, to choose from um last you can go first on this one um, I I think I'm going to go with the five nil in the black beauty jerseys against Düsseldorf uh, in early December. Even though I missed the game live, uh, that was just I think one of the most commanding performances. Obviously against a team that would be relegated at the end of the season, so you could argue the lack of uh, actual opposition on the pitch, but I think that was perhaps the most thorough beatdown Dortmund have dished out over the last 12 months, so I'm I'm going to go with that one. Do you think your view is a little bit jaded because of the kit? Might be. Might also be jaded because that was arguably the best performance by Julian Brandt, who is not only on my uh, kit, but also my probably favorite player on the team, even though and I'm not going to... Bad. No, there's only a mirror. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give Brandt uh, the honor of being my signing of the season, which we're talking about later, or player of the season, indeed. So maybe this is kind of a way to give him a little shout out. Konstantin, since you interrupted, what's your uh, best performance of the season? I didn't interrupt him. I just you know complimented his uh, mm -hmm. comment. Mm -hmm. um, By second half. Second half. Second half against Internationale. The uh, comeback from two 0 down. The comeback from a from a two 0 to three two. Um, yeah, 
not 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 getting the the best result out of it because of the away goal or uh, rule, but still. I don't know if if I would count single halves because then my pick would have been probably a bit different than it was in the end because I I tried to well, take, pick the full. Fortunately, I make the rules, not you. So nobody makes the rules, which is the the fun of this, Matthias. Uh, what's your <laughs> rule and your best performance? I have no rules, Stefan. No. Um, best performance. I, I was really impressed if I thinking about matches that stuck in my head. Uh, the, the result wasn't great, but the performance was great. That was the nil nil against Barcelona. I thought that was, uh, a very, very good performance. Yeah. I would agree. Um, I, I picked the two win over Leipzig in the, uh, the penultimate match day. I thought that was a very comprehensive win, uh, when, uh, a lot was still on the line for Dortmund, sort of. And, uh, I, I thought from, from start to finish, that was probably one of, of the, or, or the best performances this season. But, uh, yeah, the one against Barcelona, I think, comes very close. And I think that the best half was the other game, the, the, the first half against Leipzig in the home match. I, I thought that was just a very tremendous half. But then, uh, Dortmund managed to, yeah, throw that game away, sadly. So, um, that, that wouldn't count as my full performance. But uh, yeah, either way, I think all very good picks. And uh, the next category, also from Steve Berkowitz, it's biggest missed opportunity. And uh, I think that that's a very broad question and has very different answers. Uh, Constantine, in your view, what's the biggest missed opportunity? Pushing Baleari. Matthias? Uh, well, I was actually going to say the nil-nil against Barcelona, <laughs> um, but uh, I would say the loss, yeah, the the loss against PSG in the Champions League. That was, I think, a a missed opportunity. We understand it was like the first match without fans. It was really weird atmosphere at a really weird time. So I guess they're extenuating circumstances, but I feel like that was an opportunity for Dortmund. To get past an opponent that I I think is a little overrated to a degree, so that's that's my missed opportunity. Man, that's that's also mine, but uh, I have an alternative jotted down, so I'm gonna go with that, which is uh, the German Cup. I think uh, at least you can make it past Werder Bremen in this competition, and uh, yeah, I I thought Dortmund really should have had a better run in the Champions League. I think uh, they could have. Easily, well, not easily, but they could have made it past PSG. So it's a bit of a shame that uh, in this in the second leg they hardly had a scoring opportunity. And given how well they performed in the in the first leg, I thought that was uh, disappoint disappointing. So um, yeah, but uh, not really having a deep run in the German Cup with this team is equally disappointing, I guess. And uh, you obviously want to reach the finals. So with all the ambition that Dortmund have, I think they, they need to do better in that competition. But uh, I'm very curious uh, what your answer is, Lars. I actually, I also have two. Uh, I would say for one, that kind of the entire Bundesliga and, and maybe we can throw in the cup as well was a missed opportunity because once again, Bayern had a slow start with a pretty much a bad coach in Niko Kovac, at least for that team. Uh, and Dortmund, not even as they did last year, had an uh, advantage going into the winter. I mean, obviously, the way Bayern have gone under Hansi Flick probably wouldn't have mattered. But, you know, in that situation, Dortmund should have been at the top of the table instead of 
Leipzig and Gladbach. Uh, let's remember that Dortmund were level on points with Schalke at the halfway point of the season. So that's, I think, mo just generally a bit of a missed opportunity in in maybe both of the, the last two years not to have come away with the championship. But also, you, know, you always have to remember how good Bayern are. So my actual answer is uh, red-shirting Matteo Murray because that was kind of unnecessary, I think. They kind of knew at least uh, once uh, COVID hit that they weren't going to be able to pay for uh, Hakimi, for the uh, transfer of Hakimi, or, or keeping him indeed for one more season. So they knew, you know, for the last eight or nine matches that they were going to have the opportunity to, to give More kind of a showcase or uh, a first glimpse of Bundesliga football. And that really only happened in the last few games. So a missed opportunity to give a talented player a bit of bit more of a run uh, in, you know, uh, championship circumstances, if you like. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess moving on um, to categories left in the team awards, and I'll go ahead with this one. Most painful set piece of the season, a question by at Stefan1701A. And uh, my answer for that would be the uh, Marius Bülter one by Union Berlin that was uh, on match day two and the first set piece, as far as I remember, or, or was it match day three? It was match day three, right? Yeah. Uh, that uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was the first one. I think they also considered one against Cologne, but uh, that was obviously one that sort of uh, introduced a loss for Dortmund. And, uh, you know, against Cologne, you could have said, oh, well, maybe uh, that set piece that Dortmund considered there was maybe a bit of a fluke or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, th I think after um, that goal Dortmund, that Dortmund conceded against Union Berlin, you were really feeling that, oh, this is going to be a struggle that continues and carries over from last season now. Um, the good news for Dortmund really is that they managed to fix that problem over the first half of the season, but nevertheless, uh, there were a couple painful ones that Dortmund had to eat, and uh, that will be my pick. Um, I'll just throw it out there. Anyone else has one to name, or shall we just move on? I don't have one, but but looking at the lineup against Union, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, that Julian Weigel and Alcazar played and the starting 11, and then Larsen came in at the end how times change. Yeah, yeah. it was also the uh, good old Delaney-Witzel double pivot that started. Yes, and it was Delaney-Weigel double pivot. Weigel Oh, really? Not Witzel. Oh. Yes. My bad. My was, bad. Uh, Witzel wasn't, was probably injured or something. Um, so, no, it was Weigel and Delaney double pivot. And then Dahoud came in for Delaney uh, halfway through the match. Yeah. Think about that yeah. for a second and we can move on, of course. Obviously, we will do that now. And that category comes from Steve Berkowitz. And uh, I don't know if that's really an award. I call it the Hope Award, maybe. Uh, best reason to be hopeful for next season, Matthias. Well, I think the biggest reason to be hopeful is the fact that the majority of the squad is going to stay intact. Uh, there aren't huge losses. I mean, yes, Sancho could go, but I still find that a little bit unrealistic at this point. Um, and, you know, with someone like Munier coming in who will at least defensively solidify, because Hakimi defensively was always a risk in my opinion, I think that's the biggest hope. It's the core of the team will stick together. And they continue to mature together because we can't forget there are still a lot of young players. So for me, that's 
you know, the lack of upheaval uh, compared to some seasons in the past, that's probably the biggest hope. Fair enough. Constantine? Uh, Holland just turned 20. Isn't that the biggest hope for anything? I guess so. Uh, Lars? Yeah. Yeah, a full season of Haaland potentially being served by Sancho. Maybe Reyna makes a step forward or definitely will make a step forward. Uh, maybe Marco Reus is not injured all the time next season, even though that looks doubtful because he's probably going to miss the first day of, let's say, training camp next week. So I don't know if... Uh, I'm not known to be the huge optimist on this show, so uh, maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask for for this award, but I don't really see many reasons actually to be overly optimistic about next season. Yeah, we sadly don't have a despair award, otherwise you would have been the first guy to ask. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think the, the second half of the season, more or less, is, is a cause for hope. Um, I, I thought Dortmund uh, gained some stability, even though... At the very end, they, they faltered here and there, but uh, overall, I still think with the addition of Emre Can as well, um, Dortmund gained balance, had some solidity, and obviously the uh, tactical switch by Lucien Favre throughout the season also had a little bit here and there. So uh, overall, I thought Dortmund played a very decent second half of the season, and uh, if they can keep that up, which I will presume, obviously, uh, you, you can't... Uh, 100% predicted, but uh, I, I think they, they will be uh, in, in a good setting. And uh, I also hope that the setbacks in the Champions League in the German Cup lends the team some extra motivation because obviously we don't just want them to have a good run in the Bundesliga, but uh, in the cup competitions as well. So um, that, that second half of the season overall, uh, to, to me, would be the answer. And uh, with that, I think it's time to move on to the individual awards, which means I have to open my spreadsheet here in uh, my browser tab. And the first award is Best Transfer and has been handed in by Ed Kutzi 17 And uh, I will start with you, Lars. Mats Hummels. Not more to say. Ooh, controversy here. Yeah. All right, Konstantin. Holland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matthias? Uh, I'm going to go with Holland as well. True. So two Hummels, two Holland, because I'm also going with Hummels. I, I don't know, do I, do, do I have to explain it? Or uh, should we just uh, let the UI speak for themselves? You should always explain yourself, Stefan. All right. Uh, I, I think that Mats Hummels uh, brought... A bit of character, stability, and uh, world class to this team. And uh, over the course of the season, he was one of the most important players. And so I think even with the Haaland goals uh, for the structure of the team, he's a little bit more important in my book. And uh, yeah. Also, he played a full season. Maybe that makes a bit of a difference. I mean... If, if I may explain my choice, obviously Haaland was a great transfer, but if we're talking about last season, he only was available for less than 50% of it. So maybe if we were looking at this down the road, who will prove to be the better signing, obviously that's probably going to be the one of the best young strikers in the world. But <laughs> just looking at last season, I don't know how it's not Mats Hummels. Well, I, I go with Holland because uh, he's, he's the guy with the most upside and the smartest business move. I mean... Hummels is getting old and you don't have any value there <laughs> moving forward, while Holland you can turn him into a lot of money. 
That's why when you talk about transfers. Yeah, but there's a buyout clause, so it's not going to be that much money. Um, anywho. I don't believe it. <laughs> Moving on. West transfer, Matthias. Well, it's kind of hard to not say Nico Schulz, <laughs> um, which I, it's it's kind of a bummer because I think he was also hurt by the fact that for a big chunk in the beginning, he was playing not in that back three where he's in a wing back where he's more comfortable because when he did play in the wing back role, he played significantly better than in a flat back four. But yeah, it's it's kind of got to be Nico Schulz. Konstantin? Yes, uh, that's that's a funny thing because the other transfers were all kind of good, uh, good or great. I uh, and Hummels, Brandt, Holland, um, yeah, Hazard. I mean, even Hazard was m probably not the most convincing player at times, but still uh, a valuable player. Uh, and then you have these four, and you turn around and look at Nico Schultz. Sorry about it, but yeah, <laughs> kind of falls off a cliff there. Lars, do you have a different pick? Yeah, Shiko Nulz is my ah, pick. Nah, okay. So, Ooh, yeah, my... Korean left my, back. Mine, mine is obviously Nico Schulz as well, which means right now, after two categories, Nico Schulz is uh, leading with four points. So, uh, uh, as, as long-time listeners know, uh, also negative awards count as positives, basically. So, uh, you know, it, it sort of depends on how the uh, categories are framed, who wins. Anywho... Um, Next category by Ed Hunt nineteen uh, underscore nineteen oh nine, and he asked for the most improved player, and uh, I'll go first on this one, and I'm picking Dan Axel Zagadu because um, uh, he really um, yeah struggled a little bit in the, in the previous seasons. He had, he had a couple of good games, but I think especially in the in the second half of the season, but also toward the end of the first half of the season when he was plugged in into uh, the left uh, slot in, in that back three. Um, I, I I thought he was very consistent and, uh, you know, all the silly errors that he, he made quite frequently were sort of gone. And, uh, yeah, he was dominating a lot of games with his uh, physical presence and obviously... Uh, with with his uh, really great technique that he has and uh, anticipation, so um, if if I look back at, at the last season Zagadou compared to this season Zagadou, it was kind of a shame that he picked up an injury in the end. Uh, to me, that's the most improved player. Um, Constantine, do you have a different answer? Yes, uh, Rafa Guerrero. Mm -hmm. Also very good. I mean, I, I don't know if he's the most improved player, but he's the player that. Uh, has shown his true potential uh, for once compared to the seasons, so the previous seasons. Oh, was also on on my list as, as uh, potential picks. If that's the case, then I mean, of course I'm right. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was actually uh, Guerrero comes in second in mine, and and I'm gonna go with something that's probably gonna shock some people. We're gonna say Mahmoud Tahut. Um, I feel like uh, the last performances he had, he actually wasn't shit, like he was pretty much all the time before. Um, and so I'm gonna go with, you know, when the bar set so low, and you actually perform well, that's a pretty good improvement. Of course, then he got injured, and that was the end of that. So uh, we'll see. But I I'm going with Modan. Yeah, but I mean, he was not shit. <laughs> yeah, but but we all know. 
shit happens. So um, anyway, Lars, uh, who do you grade highest on a curve? Well, if if this was only like for the last few weeks, I think you could make the point not only with Dahoud, but also Delaney before he got injured and even Lukas Piszczek, who I think turned out to be quite a good uh, right-sided centre-back in the back three, which obviously we kind of knew because he played it a few times, but not on that regular a basis. But I'm also going to go with Guerrero, even though I will say before you guys talked about him, uh, my memory was kind of hazy how... He performed, let's say, last season or even to start this season, but then kind of came back to me that there were all these rumors about him leaving. You know, his contract extension wasn't necessarily celebrated like the the best thing ever. I mean, obviously, most people were quite happy with him because of his potential, but uh, I think he really turned out to be one of the, I'm going to go high, three or four or five best players on this team. So that's certainly... Especially on a on a curve, as you said, Stefan, I think he he merits this award. Yeah, I I I would almost agree. Other than that, I picked Zagadou, but I think yeah, it's it's a very excellent choice as well, and it's it's good to know that there are uh, several candidates, which means there is some development here and there. So uh, with that, we go to the next award, which is the surprise of the season, Constantine. Yes, I have uh, Dahoud being half decent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So full award or half explained award? Explained <laughs> already. Explained by Matthias. <laughs> okay, all right. The hood. Uh, half decent, aka not shit. <laughs> Matthias. Um, I would have to go with Guerrero. Um, for a few reasons that were just explained. I mean, contract situation was a little bit up in the air. You didn't know how into it he was to continue playing for Dortmund. And uh, then he didn't just extend his contract and continue playing, but he actually became one of the best player, maybe even the best, hmm? Dortmund player or most important mm, teaser <laughs> uh, <laughs> this season. So I'm going to definitely go. Guerrero was surprised me. Lars? Um, maybe a bit of a curveball, but I'll say uh, the proficiency in front of goal of one Jaden Sancho. Because he never seemed to me like the kind of player that would score, I think, 17 Bundesliga goals. Obviously, he's so young that, you know, we never saw everything he has to offer. But I didn't really peg him as a player that would come close to these numbers. So I'm going to say Jaden Sancho in that specific aspect. Yeah, I like it. We all have uh, four different picks because my surprise of the season is uh, Lukas Piszczek. Because I did not uh, see such a consistent and very strong season coming after he looked pretty old at some points the last season. So, uh, you know, that, that he is even uh, adding another year to to his uh, Dortmund career now uh, has taken me by surprise. I'll, I'll be honest. So I'm very glad uh, for him to, to uh, come back to old... Uh, you know, vintage performances here and there. So, um, yeah, I, I think overall he had a very solid season. And with that, uh, you know, I'm actually surprised because I, I didn't necessarily see this one coming. Anywho, moving on, next category. And that's, again, by Ed Kutzi 17 and he wants us to award the most underrated player. Plus, you may go first. You always get make me go first when I'm not sure about my answer and want to listen to the others. <laughs> um, it's a conspiracy, Lars. <laughs> yeah, it's a conspiracy. obviously. Mm. Uh, 
Yeah, I wasn't sure who to pick either. I I mean, I have a pick, but uh, I'm not entirely sure on it either. So uh. most underrated. I mean, going by what people were saying when he was signed, maybe uh, maybe Emre Can, because not a lot of people were too excited when he signed for Dortmund in the winter, and he definitely made an instant impact in terms of, as you said, Stefan, uh, stability. And also, I think he's adding a lot of personality to the dressing room, which, uh, given how a lot of these guys are pretty young, uh, is is definitely helping. So I'm going to once again perhaps a bit of a curveball, but Emre Can, the most underrated Dortmund player of last season, anyway. Matthias, uh, I'm going to go with Lukas Piszczek. Um, you know, he continues to surprise. He extends his contract and continues to perform at a pretty high I feel level, like I've despite heard this being. <laughs> yeah, despite being you know supposedly five thousand years old. Uh, even even though he's not actually old, but anyway, <laughs> uh, compared compared to me, uh, so well, I'm gonna go with Lucas Pischek. Konstantin, uh, Matteo Moray, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. underrated by his own coach. Yeah, that's 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 a fair one. Um, I've I've a pick which probably no one will agree with, but uh, I, I guess uh, that's that's just my own perspective. But uh, I'm picking Thomas Delaney. Uh, because I think, uh, especially in a couple of games uh, in the in in the later stages of the season when he returned from injury, he really had a, a couple of decent performances, and uh, he hardly ever gets credit when he does well. So, um, and you know, he, is is he the best player of Dortmund? No, but I still think he is better than uh, some people make him out to be. So. Uh, since you sort of have to glean this category from what, what you uh, experience of uh, other people giving their texts and opinions, uh, Thomas Delaney is, is my pick in this category, but uh, again, all very subjective. So moving on. And that is uh, most frustrating player of the season. And that's been handed in by at our guide 12. And my most frustrating, frustrating player of the season is Marco Reus. Um, first of all, he uh, didn't have his best season when he was fit, and then obviously he was injured. So um, if you look at the bigger Marco Royce picture, it was really not a good season by him. And to me, that's very frustrating knowing what potential Marco Royce has and how awesome he can be. So um, it's, it's not really that I got very upset with him, but uh, there were a couple of moments where I think it was frustrating also his, his outbursts talking about the good old mentalität scheiße and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There, there were a couple of Royce moments that uh, were a bit frustrating in, in my perspective, so he gets uh, that award. Um, may, maybe a bit of an underperformance, but I also do hope that he uh, bounces back next season when and if he eventually uh, gets fit again so uh, obviously I don't want to hold his injury against him but you know in, if, if you put it all together it's 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 annoying so um, with that being said I'll hand it over to you Matthias so for me it's got to be Jaden Sancho uh, <laughs> just because yes he's he's absolutely brilliant when he decides to be brilliant but there are just too many matches and too many moments even within matches where, yeah, he gets an assist and a goal and it's amazing and it's important for the team. 
but where it just he just seems to just not give a crap or you know he's like yeah whatever he doesn't work back defensively in those moments or he gets too playful with the ball slows down a counterattack at times to just make one more cut and try to dribble out one more player instead of playing something maybe a little bit simpler so um even though i love the guy i think he's he's great but it would have to be Jaden Sancho also for some of the stuff off the pitch um, that just were in poor taste. Uh, thinking of uh, like the hairdresser thing or whatever. Uh, but he's probably uh, the most frustrating player for me at times. All right. Lars? Uh, I literally love him, but Julian Brandt to me is kind of the... <laughs> epitome of a frustrating player because his highs are so high but then then he makes or he has these moments in games or even uh, you know entire performances where you're just wondering what's going on in in that uh puffed cheek headed guy uh because sometimes uh i mean he truly on his day he's he might be the best player on this team but when he's not on his day uh you know he's he's being carried by teammates and making mistakes so obviously the better days with Brandt are more frequent than the bad days but he has too many bad days to not be frustrating if that makes it sense it does Konstantin uh, Ahaf Hakimi uh, because he can be also brilliant offensively but defensively he kind of sucks most of the time so he could be a world-class uh, fullback, wingback, but I don't know if he ever will be one because there's more to being a wingback than just being fast and, and kind of uh, smart uh, moving forward. Uh, just when you look at the most proficient fullbacks and wingbacks, then yeah, they are m mostly sound defensively at least, and I don't see that with Hakimi. Uh, he has to mature a lot, and uh, especially last season, like there were some matches where he just straight out sucked um, in defense. So, yeah. All right, award number seven, save of the season. Uh, Matthias, you may go first on this one. Uh, oh yeah, I, I would go with uh, Slavia Prague. Um, <laughs> shot coming in, deflected, looping over Buki, who was already going down to to save the original shot, then redirected his body to tip the ball over the goal while he was still falling. That, to me, was probably uh, his best save of the season. Konstantin, do you have an answer? Some sometime in the Slavia match. Okay, so Berkey again, Lars, do you have a different answer? I mean, can it be anyone else but Berkey? I mean, obviously Ma maybe. Marvin, Marvin Hitz played a couple of games early in the season, but I mean, this is probably going to go to Roman Berkey, I venture the guess. Uh, yeah, something in Slavia, I think in, in one of the uh, first half of the season games against Gladbach, because obviously there were two with the cup, I think he had a good game in one of these, but honestly, this was not the kind of season where Roman Burki made too many saves that imprinted themselves deeply into my brain. Yeah, that's uh, the the same problem that I had. That I when I closed my eyes and tried to picture a Roman Burki save this season, I just couldn't come up with one. So uh, I went down another road, and my save of the season is Lucien Favre, 
saving uh, himself basically uh, in that uh, Hertha game with that switch to the back three and the three four two one system or however you want to uh, call it or three four three system um, and and turning things around for him because he was pretty much on a hot seat and after that uh, loss. Uh, in in Barcelona, I think it really came down to the result against Hertha Berlin. I wasn't entirely sure if uh, if it really was as hot as uh, uh, you know it was made out to be, but uh, certainly uh, things the ice got a little thin for Mr. Favre there, so um, or Monsieur Favre there. So um, for for me, that's the save of the season since I'm not actually going to go with a gold save, but uh, I think uh, with no certain rules in, in this award show. I, I think this one should be a lot. So uh, Lulu gets my pick. And with that, to the next award, which is key player of the season, a player who held the team from falling apart the most and whose absence was the most noticeable, was handed in by Ed Borscht for lunch. Uh, I'm really interested who you're going to pick. So I'm going to go with you, Konstantin, so I can maybe uh, still dwell on my answer. Tr uh, Lukas Piszczek. It's a key player. Very good choice. <laughs> Who held the team from falling apart the most. When I read that, uh, I thought like, yes, of course, Piszczek. Keeping the team together with good old clue. Matthias? So I feel like that's a two-part answer. Um, Ooh, it's hard to not think exciting. of Mats. Yeah, it's it's hard to not think of Mats Hummels. Um, but he didn't really miss many matches. Um, you know, for me, one of the most noticeable when he wasn't in the game was probably Rafael Guerrero. So I will give a half a point to Mats Hummels and a half a point to Guerrero. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lars? Yeah, honestly, I don't really see anyone who truly fits the criteria that were put upon us. I mean, Hummels didn't miss a lot of games, but also when he missed them, uh, I mean, you mentioned the Hertha game, Hummels was sent off in the first half and they still won and kept Favre in his job. Uh, I don't really remember Piszczek missing too much time. Uh, Witzel was replaced decently enough uh, when they didn't have Alcázar in the first half of the season or Haaland in the second half. I mean, they still scored uh, goals at a record amount, so no one really comes to mind, in my opinion, to fit the criteria on the whole. But, I mean, in theory, I would probably say Guerrero just because he's probably the most singular talent they have at a certain position. Uh, because everyone else, they could kind of replace here and there, but, I mean... It's Nico Schulz playing uh, in Guerrero's spot, and nobody wants that. Yeah, I agree with you, Lars, there. Um, so I'm also uh, going to go with Guerrero. So in this uh, category, I guess he has then 2.5 points, uh, which is still fairly decent. And uh, we can move on to the next category, which is assists of the season. And uh, that is obviously very exciting. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit disappointed, though, that uh, our listeners did not uh, add pre-assist of the season because there are also plenty of nice to choose from. But, uh, Matthias, you may go first. Well, actually, I had originally had a pre-assist written down, and that was Brandt against mm -hmm, Schalke, yeah. uh, which was just brilliant. Was it the back uh, heel? But if we're going by... Mm, yes, yes. I think it was the first goal in the second match against Schalke. But if we're going on pure assist, 
it's Hummels to Sancho against Augsburg for the three all, uh, for the, for the equalizer. That was like vintage Hummels from deep. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's a long ball over the top, but it's, that's not Hummels. It's not just a lumped ball. It's actually a placed precise defense splitting pass from a deep position. So for me, it's Hummels to Sancho. Fair enough. Uh, Konstantin. I got Sagadu against Mainz. Uh, I think it was the 2-0, uh, his assist uh, to Sancho when he made his 60-yards run. Yeah, that was also the, uh, the, the first assist I had written down. But uh, if, if you pick this one, uh, since there are so many to choose from, I'm just going to go with a, dif- uh, with a different yeah. one. Um, and that's uh, going to be Jaden Sancho in the Super Cup. Um, I think that was the very first goal that Dortmund scored of the season, if you want to count this game, uh, where he, I think, weaved past three Bayern defenders and then nutmegged uh, the, the last one uh, with an assist to Alcázar. That was very nice. But uh, honorable mention also to uh, Gio Reyna uh, in that uh, Leipzig game to set up Arling Haaland. That was also a very sweet touch. But uh, to to me, uh, Jaden Sancho takes the cake. Then, if uh, the Zagadou assist is already taken, Lars. So I don't really remember assists too well, which is something I always only remember when we do the award show because I'm always looking at the list and and thinking I don't remember shit. <laughs> I mean, um, so. One I do remember, and it wasn't necessarily a great assist, I think, but, you know, the circumstances were quite cool, is uh, Paco Alcázar for the two-all draw uh, scored by Julian Brandt uh, in the exactly. 3-2 win over Inter Milan, uh, Inter Milan as, as we referenced a bit earlier, as one of the high points of the season. Uh, mostly because Alcasa was on the pitch for like five seconds. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the camera didn't even really notice it, and... Uh yeah, that was uh, th- that's funny because if if you said I I couldn't think of anything that would exactly been the the moment I would have suggested to you to pick, so uh, very very nice. Um, and uh, with that we can move on to the next category, which is goal of the season. Oh, geez, a lot to pick from. Um, I'm having still trouble to decide, so I'm gonna hand it off to you, Matthias. I'm going to have to go to one of my countrymen, Gio Reyna, against Werder Bremen in the DFB-Pokal. You know, quick feat to get around a few players, to get himself a little bit of a a window to shoot, and then such an extreme bending shot into the top corner. Um, When I went through the compilation of goals of the season and that one popped up again, I went, oh, yeah, 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 that's got to be it. Last. Uh, Julian Brandt against Leipzig in the first matchup of the season, obviously. Uh, he scored, I think, the second goal uh, after Julian Weigel scored the <laughs> opener, which yep. in itself is kind of interesting. And obviously it was the quintessential Brandt performance in that he also gave away a goal very cheaply. But uh, I mean, that the, the, the silky smooth footwork of my favorite player, I can only say it again, I mean... I couldn't pick anything else. Yeah, that was uh, one of the best goals, definitely. Um, to me, it's a bit of a tie, but uh, this this one is up there. And uh, just because of the technique, it's it's such a pretty and, and beautiful goal. It's a bit like a like a poem. This goal itself. So yeah, I can I can completely understand that pick. Constantine, what's yours? 
Um, obviously, Kimmich. Uh, oh no, sorry. Although Kimmich's goal, eh, well, kind of decent. Um, but I would take Sancho against Barcelona uh, in the uh, in the second. Yeah, assisted by Julian Brandt, and then he had to sort of reposition himself. Reposition himself and then just go for it from outside the box. I think something like 20 yards or so. Yeah, it was definitely a good goal. So um, since uh, you have picked the goals you've picked, I'm going to go with the Arling Haaland goal against PSG, the 2-1, two, two, um, because um, it was it was just an absolute rocket, an absolute missile. Uh, uh, it, it was, I think, a bit crucial for, for Dortmund uh, to get this this goal uh, not only because it's the Champions League and you want to advance but also just uh, for the overall feeling in the club and uh, you know that was just a, a superb Champions League night and uh, I remember it very fondly um, I mean he already had the, the meditation goal celebration with his first one so I can't uh, count this necessarily but uh, still um, the way he, he lashed that one um, that was uh, to me an amazing goal and uh, with that, we come to my next uh, and favorite category, and also suggested by Edgestefan seventeen oh one A. And I promise it's not my burner count. And the next category is best Marcel Schmelzer goal of the season. Lars, which could that one be? Well, first of all, I would say that's exactly what someone would say. Whose burner account this is, Stefan? So I think <laughs> we're still on to you. Um, yeah, when when Schmelzer absolutely took the Mickey out of the entire defense of Paderborn, I mean that was such a golazo. I mean, it's it's Schmelzer's world and we live in it. And and obviously you will once again have to play the Ja Schmelle sound part. Most definitely, Matthias. What's your Marcel Schmelzer goal of the season? Yeah, I, I would have to of all of them. Um, I mean, it took me a while to really think of them all. Uh, I, I would have to, I was close, but I'd have to go with that one. Constantine, uh, also to you, what's the best Marcel Schmelzer goal of the season? I don't know if I have to agree with you guys. I mean, there, there are a couple of good ones, you know, um, outside the box and yeah, back heels, uh, all over the place, uh, you know, some, somewhere like Slatan S or so. Uh, but I also think like against Paderborn, that was probably the best one. Um, so yeah, but it was a close one. Um, but I also have rumor says uh, that that usually uh, Lionel Messi uh, watches all the all the thousands of Schmelzer goals uh, at night. You know when he when he's just sad that Barcelona sucks these days. Because it's so nice, I'm also going to say the one against Paderborn, and we will hear it again. <laughs> All right, moving on, last category, and that's the player of the season. And uh, I don't know who added this one, but uh, this one probably would have been in there one way or another. Uh, Lars, you may go first. Mats Hummels. I think on, on the balance of the entire year, I think he had a ridiculously good start to the season, then kind of a bit of a down phase towards the end of the Hinrunde, but once again turned it up in the second half of the season. I think he's definitely the the leader on the pitch, which was especially evident in the ghost game phase of the season. 
um, you know, the last nine games. Uh, I think while he didn't bring a title to Dortmund, which was what I said before the season was kind of the only thing that would merit getting him back in the first place because we knew they were capable of second without Hummels. Uh, but yeah, still, I think on the balance of the entire season, his performances, his personality, I think Mats Hummels was the player of the season. It's a very strong shout, Konstantin. Yeah, I will go with the very famous player, no one. <laughs> uh, because I don't think any player deserves uh, this, you know, illustrious award. Um, because I don't can think of anyone who was consistent enough and uh, performed at a at a level that uh yeah would 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 make it feasible to give them the the season award um or a play of the season award uh, i i'm i don't know i mean they're uh, like sancho for instance had a couple of outstanding performances but also uh sucked at times or was just frustrating uh, i think Mats Hummels, um Good and bad, um, often good, but not always. Um, Piszczek, yes, he kept the team together, but of course he's not like um, the, the most. Or in, today he's not like that kind of player. Um, yeah, and, and Holland was only there for for six months, so um, it's it's hard. But um, there's no not one, and I think that uh, speaks for itself. All right, so Matthias, do you have one? I do, I do. And I'm going to go with Rafael Guerrero, uh, simply because he was surprise, uh, highly improved. And when he wasn't in the side, the side just didn't play the same. With him in it, they were significantly better. And that, for me, kind of is a, if we look at most valuable player uh, type category, that's what makes the big difference. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very good shout. Uh, Rafa Guerrero really had a, a quite outstanding season, but uh, my player of the season is Jaden Sancho, and uh, I completely understand the reasoning that he had frustrating performances. But, um, you know, if you contribute 17 goals and 16 assists in, in one season, and, uh, you know, I, I think internationally he also had two goals and two assists. Um, o overall, I, I think there was just... Uh, Outstanding numbers, and uh, I don't have the amount of pre-assists in front of me, but uh, his uh, involvement in, in uh, Dortmund goals was uh, almost uh, always a given, and uh, even when he had a terrible game and a terrible performance, you know, there was still this one magic moment of Jadon Sancho where um, he, I guess, redeemed himself for it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously still a lot of room for improvement, and... Uh, in many ways, um, I, I understand the argument for Hummels, I understand the argument for Guerrero, and I understand the uh, argument for no one at all. But uh, I also want to uh, appreciate just uh, how outrageous it is to to have these numbers. And uh, yeah, so my, my pick is Jaden Sancho. But um, I have now done the math and tallied everything up, and we do have a winner. All right, that didn't work. <laughs> but we have a winner. <laughs> uh, it's uh, uh, Rafael Guerrero, who uh, is winning it with 6.5 ahead of Jaden Sancho, who has five awards, and Mats Hummels has 4.5. Um, happy with that? And Nico Schulz has four. Yeah. 
Don't forget it. Was well, close one. Are you, are you guys happy with that? Yeah, yeah, I I can accept <laughs> that. It's, it was your best of the season pick anyway. It's always nice when you know the ultimate award winner doesn't have any negative awards to his name, which I think might be a first. But I don't really remember. But yeah, I mean, given what we said, especially over the last let's say twenty five minutes or so about Guerrero, I think he's certainly a deserved winner of this most prestigious of all football awards. Now that the Ballon d'Or has been cancelled, I, I thought it was that <laughs> even before the Ballon d'Or. But okay, um, I'll I'll take it. Uh, Yeah, I I think uh, that was a, a very brief season award show. We are not yet past the hour mark, which uh, is also kind of nice. And uh, with that, I will thank everyone out there for uh, contributing the categories and obviously listening. And uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on and uh, having, you know, have a little conclusion of the season. I think we shall be back next week or so uh, because there are a couple of transfers obviously that we have to discuss briefly so um, you know and just to, to have another show so we shall be back soon and in the meantime Konstantin please tell our listeners where to find you on the internet they can find me on twitter cc underscore eckner and you can also find me on youtube if they are German speakers uh, just type in my name Konstantin you will find my channel there um, that's all. Thank you very much for uh, that I had the opportunity to take part in this, you know, very prestigious award show. You are very welcome. Also, thank you for uh, picking the uh, best player and the the award winner, Matthias. Uh, a tremendous award picking performance by you. <laughs> How can people get in touch with yeah, you? Yeah, I mean. I, I just got a text from Rafael Guerrero who said the check's in the mail. So uh, I don't really know what that means. But uh, now that we've eclipsed the Oscars uh, when it comes to prestige for awards, uh, which isn't saying much because who watches the Oscars? Uh, but you can find me on Twitter if I'm ever back on that toxic cesspool of a platform at Matiasuk. <laughs> Lars, uh, also an illustrious performance by you, as always how to get in touch with you. Yeah, two things first. Uh, first of all, I would like to, since Rafael Guerrero is obviously listening to uh, this show because he's get basically getting the Nobel Prize of Football Awards, uh, I would like for him to unblock me on Twitter, please. Um, and also, since nobody this year uh, brought up the category of best hair, My award goes to Moda Hood for his bus cut late in the season. That looked dope. My Twitter handle is at Lars Polman. Yeah, uh, my Twitter handle is at Stefan Woodsko, where also Rafael Guerrero could <laughs> unblock me. Uh, it's, 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 kind, it's kind of weird that uh, <laughs> half of the podcast is blocked by Rafael Guerrero. I don't know what we did. Well, actually, I do know what I did. <laughs> Now that we're talking... You insulted him, right? No, no. I, I, I criticized him. I, I think I posted a gif of, of, uh, of a header where he should have gone into a, a tackle against Mainz. And, uh, you know, I didn't... And you name-tagged him or I something? I actually did not. But I think he still saw it in, in, in some way or form. Um, ah, vanity yeah, searching. But, but, but maybe I did name-tag him. I don't know. Uh, people can look it up. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was probably me just being frustrated and... Uh, You know, just or, or just highlighting uh, how how Dortmund players could uh, 
be a bit more feisty or whatever. Anyway, uh, Lars, uh, do you know why Rafael Guerrero has blocked you or just, just because? Uh, well, it's never a bad idea to block me on Twitter. It was uh, actually me making fun of uh, his previous, I guess, propensity for coming back from international duty with injuries because there was a time when he made more appearances per season for Portugal than for Dortmund. And even though I didn't uh, add him, I think I used obviously his name and he has uh, quite laborious uh, social managers who founded and blocked me like three years ago. And I mean, Rafa, I actually love you as a player. Unblock me, please. <laughs> All right. He actually loves him. It's just period. All right. I, I, I think that's a, that's a very, very good point to end the show as always. Everyone out there. <laughs> Thank you. I just double checked. I'm All not right, blocked, that's, but he's paying okay, me. So. All right. I, I I didn't check, but I'm very certain he hasn't blocked. All me. right. While uh, Matthias Zuck will eventually be indicted for bribery and will not uh, be able to appear on the show anytime soon. Uh, thank you, everyone else out there, for listening. And uh, until next week or the week after, good. <laughs>